Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. To go ahead and talk about bowl season, to talk about the latest in college football, it is the man you want to talk to. You know him from college football news. You know him from this show every single Thursday at 420. I started to go on the Seinfeld thing because we just did the basketball gold. I have no idea why I was doing that. It's Pete Futek on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. What's up, buddy? You want to know the really creepy part about that? I, for the first time, like I, I always have like something on in the background all the time when I'm working. And just randomly, I turned it on. Like, Seinfeld, I'll just go watch that for a little bit. He, had, he used that line. Like literally about 20 minutes ago, and I've, I've seen Seinfeld a million times, you know, since. The, but I haven't heard that gold line in I don't know a year, two years, three years, and it's twice in 20 minutes. That is like, odd. That's a, that's, that's something. This, I, I don't know what that is. And we're by the way, everyone under the age of like us has no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> but still, I don't care. It's still funny. Uh, well, okay, that means one of two things: one, the universe is uh, simulation, or two. It was kismet, and you were meant to be on the show today. The Obviously. universe wanted it. Of course it does. The universe wants it. It all works out. Every, everything works out like it's supposed to, except Pete, the bowl season, which I still have no idea how this thing's going to work, but okay. And uh, most Nebraska hires. Sorry, is that too soon? <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, I, look, it's, it's hard to – look, as a Wisconsin grad, I've mentioned this to you before, I know Luke Fickle's going to be great. I think I said this last time on the show. I know he's, he's already crushing it on the recruiting trail. I know Matt Rule's a very good restaurant-quality head coach. I know <laughs> Hugh Freeze is going to do nice things at Auburn. But, man, that Dion thing looks fun. i like, gosh, if I'm a Colorado fan right now, yeah, you, you'll say, oh, wow, that's bad. That's sad what he did with the telling these guys they're not good enough at football and to go to the transfer portal. But if you're a fan, you're like, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> bring in your guys, Dion. Let's make this work already. All right, this does bring us to the natural question then. Would you rather have a splashy hire that, that is like 25% more likely to end in disaster or the unsexy hire that's just going to get you a consistent – 11 win season almost every year it's crazy you never know what you're going to get and all these hires you know you know, every time you think oh wow that's the perfect hire no it doesn't really work for whatever reason uh and then all of a sudden these no-name guys 
you know, end up turning into, you know, superstars. And uh, yeah, so you, you never quite know. And that's, that's always the eternal question is, do you want to, you want to shoot for the stars or you just want a guy that you're just going to keep adding money to their contracts until you have to pay them off at some point. I, to me, just as a fan and as the fun and have having your, your school be a thing right now, there is no hotter school than Colorado. And look, I, I say this with kids who are looking at colleges and our area and stuff. All of a sudden, everyone wants the merch. You know, everyone wants the energy. It's about that. All of a sudden, it's kind of like, yeah, awesome school, beautiful place. You know, the gear is kind of cool. Coach Prime. Yeah, who doesn't want to be a part of that? And apparently, every single transfer seems to want to at least look into it. Uh, do want to, you know, get on a little bit of a lighter note here. Obviously, with Mike Leach passing this week, very surprising to everybody. Uh, and then they hire, you know, Coach Arnett to take over with a four-year contract. Was that, uh, was that the right move? Yeah, you never know. I get sure continuity. You're all for it. You want to kind of keep it all going, um, and it's such a such a rough moment. I mean, how do you replace you know all that is Mike Leach and what he meant to that program? And you know you don't with with that. But okay, you know let's see how it works. Let's see how it uh, it works out with uh, Arnett. And uh, but yeah, it's there's no real kind of arguing with as much as you want to kind of keep everything normal if it can be that way with you replace a coach like that uh okay let's see it, it goes right into the category we just talked about you never know until you get the guy into the system and to see what he can do with it and you know maybe he can take you know some of the stuff that you know mike leach did and take it even another notch in a different way so uh again i i know this is a wishy-washy answer but that is truly a let's see how it works out type of hire but boy in that division with Saban and Kelly and Kiffin and Freeze, man, you you got to punch your weight in that that division, or you're going to be uh, eating up fast. Pete, a lot has been made of the transfer portal and the fact that as soon as you know, whether it's a regular season or the conference titles games were over, we saw uh, about 1.7 million players. That's a little hyperbole <laughs> in the portal. Is there anything that college football can do to move the portal till after the bowl system? You'd think they would do something. Uh, I, I, you might have more opt-outs then just from guys who are going to be like, I'm just going to wait and see what I'm going to do. Uh, but it's just the whole system. I mean, it's not just – it's kind of hard to say, you know, demonize the players for this when, you know, do they? is there actually a head coach in the Fenway Bowl this year? I mean, like, these coaches are doing the same thing. You're seeing coordinators move around left and right. Uh, it's it's the unfortunate part about this that you know our dumb sport the exhibition season's at the very end so it's all right look if you don't play in it fine if you don't if you want to play in your game fine if you want to transfer to another school fine I mean that's what other regular students are doing this time of year anyway so I kind of get the semester side of things that you want to get the transfer portal from a school side that you kind of have to do it now. So that once you go back for next semester, you're all set and every, all the, you know, the administrative stuff is settled. But yeah, you'd think that you could come up with a different plan than do it like the day after you announce <laughs> all the bowls and the college football playoff matchups. So I, I'm going to do the thing and it's the yearly conversation. So it's evergreen as hell. Now that the, the playoffs are expanding here. Have we have we worked on any good ideas on how to fix and save or better the bowl system? I kind of think it naturally will work itself out because the teams that are really that good are playing in the playoff. And then, look, the guys who still want to opt out for the NFL who are in the playoff, okay, you know, look, it's business. 
you know, this is this is a game, but this is a business, a multi-million billion dollar business. Uh, you know, millions on the line to these guys. So if they want to opt out, fine. But you're gonna, still going to get most of the players who are going to want to play in the playoff once you get to that point. Because if you're going to opt out, we're going to get to that point where these guys just, you know, you know, have NFLitis and they keep, you know, missing half the season. So, uh, so we'll get that. But still, you're going to have that many more players who are going to be involved in that. And you're still going to have the Troys versus UTSAs like we're going to get on, you know, tomorrow, actually, crazy enough, uh, where you get two teams of players who, you know, this is the last time they were going to play football game. So you're going to get those sort of matchups that are still going to be fine. But there's going to be that gray middle area of Power 5 versus Power 5 teams like Florida, who doesn't have anybody left. Purdue basically just lost everybody, when, you know, including their coach. Uh, so you're going to get that midsection. But I don't quite know how you fix the mid-tier bowl to make them anything more than just cheering for, you know, the uniforms on the field. You're not going to get the proper representation of the full teams unless you got like a UConn versus Marshall going. You know, people always say there's too many bowls, but at the end of the day, when you look at the ratings, people still watch, even no matter who, who plays in these games, right? There's nothing else on. <laughs> like, look, it's, it, it's, you're right. The, 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 it works out because one, an easy thing to bet on in the middle of a December. And right. two, I mean, I, I'm assuming the NBA is going. I, I, I will check in in, you know, late April when it matters. You know, I love college basketball, but I get it. You know, the half the world wake, wake up in February when, you know, it's really game on. Uh, you know, there's no baseball. NFL is winding down, so there's still that kind of stuff. So it'll be you know, Saturday is going to be fun because you've got a million all, all football games all over the place. But, yeah, people watch, you know, because it's still kind of something to have on the background. And my attitude to all these is, one, you don't have to watch. And, two, if you do watch, if it's bad, you just get out. Just You, know, you can kind of tell right away when one team just didn't show up. And after, if you're not betting on it and not, don't have any interest in that way, just after, like, a quarter, just save yourself. Because there's going to be, like, 12 other bowl games coming about a half hour later. So just get out of that bowl game. Save your mental energy. Save your strength and then move on to the next one. So with that, uh, from the bowl game starting tomorrow all the way through next Wednesday, since we'll talk to you Thursday, what what are the bowl games that you're most excited about and you think uh, fans should be paying the most attention to? I am kind of interested. Well, again, let's start tomorrow again with that Troy-UTSA game, the only matchup of two conference champions in this whole thing. Uh, so let's, these are two, again, this is about as representative as you're going to get uh, to one of these, uh, to a good regular season matchup, a great offense in UTSA, a great story, a great guy in quarterback Frank Harris for the Roadrunners. Troy's defense, I mean, you know, it, it got under, it's getting underplayed a little bit because it's you know one of these first bowls out of the gate. But remember the be- middle, uh, the beginning of the season, I should say, the Sun Belt was a thing. I mean, that was what all the kids were slamming to, and you had Marshall beating Notre Dame and. You know, Appalachian State coming up big. I think it was Texas A&M, right, that they beat. And, uh, you know, Coastal Carolina was good. James Madison was entering. And everyone was, you know, looking how great that it was. And uh, the Sun Belt was all this great rage. And it was Troy that kind of quietly emerged from the pack and turned out to be the best of the bunch. So in terms of just pure football quality, that game tomorrow might be the best we're going to get. And then it becomes a storyline thing where – Okay, what does Florida do against Oregon State? Oregon State got, you know, they didn't show up in last year's, I believe it's LA Bowl versus Utah State. And all right, that's fine. You know, it happens once in a while. But now, beat the depleted Florida team. And if you're Florida, 
and you're missing, you know, a bunch of your key players, including the number 11 pick in the draft, probably. All right, let's see what Jack Miller from Ohio State guy can do under center. Let's see if this Billy Napier offense can work. Let's see if this defense really has the guys. And if the SEC says, okay, great Pac-12 team who's ranked uh, in the top 15 in the country, we're still the SEC and we're going to show it off. So this is where you get kind of the funky parts of the storylines of the bowl season. Pete, uh, Grayson McCall, quarterback at Coastal, really good good player, will be a pro yep. pro- prospect, is transferring. Does it make sense for Ohio State to look at him? Why not? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're talking about a guy who fits. And first of all, he's he's got to be, what, 42 at this point? I mean, he's been there Played for a lot forever. of football. He's played a lot of football. Uh, so he's a veteran guy. There's all the metrics that he was one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the country for a long stretch. Certainly know what, knows what he's doing. Certainly has NFL caliber skills. Certainly sharp enough to know you know how to uh, run a run an attack. And sure, if you know if and when CJ Stroud takes off, you could do a whole lot worse because he is an NFL caliber quarterback who knows how to get the ball out of his hands to his receivers in a hurry. And if you've got NFL receivers like Ohio State's always going to have and all the parts around him, well, the job is to get the ball to the playmakers, and he's going to be able to do that if that would be the guy. Pete, we had a, uh, we've had a lot of talk out of Ohio State and out of Columbus that uh, the Buckeyes are falling behind the NIL race, and one Buckeye <laughs> reporter said on the Columbus uh, sports station down there that uh, that fans could maybe contribute like a monthly small stipend, like $10. Subscription. Yeah. yeah, subscription yeah. to help uh, the cash-poor Ohio State pay. This, li- the- this little engine that could little outfit. That you just, just you, know, you feel for them. He- Exactly. You keep it all together with duct tape and you know, a couple of prayers, you know, to get the team on the field each and every week. And uh, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Look, there is a theory out there that I kind of subscribe to. It's kind of a college basketball theory that once you get into the NCAA tournament, give me the team with five you know, very good seniors rather than the team with like two or three superstars. And, and ter- ten- turns out that those teams of five guys that, you know, kind of know what they're doing, more often than not, they'll pull through. Well, Ohio State can get a little of both. I mean, if fine, if some guy can't show up to Ohio State because they're not getting the alumni money, that means he sucks because he's not <laughs> getting the Gatorade money. So you have to look at Ohio State, think bigger and better than that. Because, again, there's differences in NIL money. There's booster money to, hey, come over here and be a part of our program. And there is this guy's really awesome. He's going to be in a Dr. Pepper ad money. You want the you want the the latter of that group and your Ohio State, you can compete with the Alabamas and Georgias and USC worlds for that. All right. So can I get you to, to commit to ten dollars a month to Wisconsin's NIL initiative? I, it's hilarious you bring that exact amount up because when I was a freshman and Wisconsin was literally 129th in the Sagarin ratings out of 124 teams, and they instituted the ten dollar uh, a semester uh, fee to help the athletic department and everyone raged about like how ridiculous what that was that us regular students had to pay the extra $10 for that. Uh, yeah, I've contributed enough to that school over my, my career. You, you, you all figure it out. There's enough places out there that I know for a fact, but here it's this simple, go on the athletic meal plan and send your, and, and, and uh, uh, sell your athletic meal card, unlimited meal cards to the other students. That's how you make money at the University of Wisconsin if you're an athlete. Easy enough. All right, Pete. I worked in telemarketing. I know I've got two more objections to get through here. Can I get $5 a month for the lowly Wisconsin NIL initiative? 
did your experience when you were watching Ohio State football back in the then? Do you remember the memories, the happiness? Yeah, I, I exactly. I'm right there with you on the flip chart, uh, the uh, the charts. But so yeah, yeah. I have. How about this? I have uh, friends' kids who go to Ohio State, and we give them presents. That's about as much <laughs> as I'll do for your program. Pete, great stuff, Thanks, buddy. buddy. Appreciate you. Later, guys. I wanted to play something for you guys from Jeff Howard. We played earlier this week. Um, who was the Browns defensive back? Was it John Johnson III that was like, you know, in hindsight, we probably could have done different things to try and slow down Jamar Chase, which feels like like if you're going into a game, Dustin, mm-hmm. against the Bengals, what's the, what's, the, what, what's the most likely way to beat the Bengals right now? Is it to slow Tyler Boyd? Uh, no, it's, I mean, it's, what about point, Trent it, Taylor? It's, no, it's just to slow down Jamar Chase there. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. That, so, okay. That's, we're just in agreement. That's a common sense thing. Correct. So John Johnson III came out and was like, you know, I think we could have done more stuff to slow down Jamar Chase. Well, you're going to want to hear Brown's defensive backs coach. I think he's also the passing game coordinator. I believe is part of his title. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't looked at his LinkedIn in, the, in, in a minute and you want to hear Jeff Howard and what he had to say about why they were slow to react or why they reacted the way they did and and maybe didn't slow down Jamar Chase the way they could have. You know, going into it, what you see is they have three three good receiving threats and uh, all three of them were up for the game. And just the way that the way that the NFL is, like if if guys are up active, you know, that's a, that's an important you're expecting them to play. And um so we were planning for all three of them to play. And then, you know, after one series, two of them tap out and the game changes. And so you had, yeah, it, it stresses your adaptability. And uh, you really got to, you know, feel the game out. What, what is it going to be? And, you know, I know Jamar had 15 targets. I thought we did pretty well on them. I think, oh. um, you know, Denzel <laughs> won his fair share of them. I think some of them, they caught us, you know, in some of the catches that he had, I think caught us in like run calls, and that's a big part of it because you can't just say we're going to defend Jamar Chase and not respect Joe Mixon in the run game. So, you know, there's stress there. Um, I thought we did pretty well. There's some there's some plays that we left out on the field, particularly with him. We could probably be more aware of when they are in a situation like that, when they have one receiver. But, yeah, that was kind of the adaptability of it, trying to, you know, trying to have, like, the stress of the defense, trying to put it on the guys and try to defend what you think they're going to try to beat you with. Just to be clear here, Jeff Howard, the guy who coaches the defensive backs for the Cleveland Browns, said that the Bengals losing Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins mm-hmm. in that game made it tougher for them to shut down Jamar Chase. That's I'm paraphrasing loosely. That might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard anyone say about football. Well, you know, it, uh, when you lose two guys to injuries, it really hurts your adaptability. No, no, no. When you lose, when the other team loses Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins and they're not out there and Hayden Hurst isn't out there and the only guy you really have to worry about is Jamar Chase – it actually makes it a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, and the thing I don't understand, it's almost like he's describing it as, you know, we, we didn't know, we were waiting for them to come back into the game. Well, you adapt play to play based on personnel. I mean, that's what you do as a defensive coordinator, defensive back coach. Like, you, you've guys that are with, 
you know, up in the booth with binoculars looking at their huddle. Like, who's in the huddle? Okay, let's let's send in our nickel to match up with the 11 personnel in, in this situation. Let's do this. Let's let's run this, you know, cover two scheme where we, you know, put a safety over top of Chase. Like, I, I, I just don't get that at all. You know, guys, we couldn't beat Chad Henney because we game plan for Pat Mahomes. If only Pat Mahomes had been in the game, we could have beat the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. I mean, I, and listen, I Jeff probably doesn't talk to the media a lot, so I can understand that it's not maybe a situation he's familiar with. And I think if you watch the video, you can find those on the Browns Twitter and the Browns ClevelandBrowns.com, their website. I do encourage you to watch it because he didn't look like he was overly confident mm-hmm. about speaking to the media. But I've heard some really bad excuses that t- that tap that that's that's really the worst one you can have. And I now I thought I, in fairness, I did think what was interesting is when he said, "Well, we got caught in some run sets." That that is interesting because I do think like I think the Browns have have erred on the side of trying to stop the run because they were so bad at it early in the season. But even that gets to adaptability to me, Dusty, mm-hmm. in terms of guys post-snap being able to realize, hey, this is a pass. We got to go ahead and switch gears here. So at least there he gave us a little bit. That I didn't hate and think he needed torn apart about. But, man, mm. I, this this coaching staff continues to scare the living crap out of me with some of the things they say. It, it, it almost makes you think that everyone's got to go. It does seem silly. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.